Well, anyway, if you want to start off, just kind of introduce yourself, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, doesn't know who you are, where you're from, all that yep, good stuff. Yep, yep. Johnny Cardenas, uh, head coach, Stephen F. Austin State University, Division One program in the Southland Conference here in Nacogdoches, Texas. Okay. Where did you uh, play college ball, high school ball, and stuff? Where are you from? Um, I'm originally from Amarillo, Texas. I played at, right. uh, baseball, high school baseball at Paladuro High School in Amarillo, Texas. Transferred to junior college, uh, Liberal, Kansas, uh, Seward County Community College. And right. after two years there, went to uh, TCU. Uh, played at TCU for two years and then transferred, or excuse me, uh, got drafted by the Seattle Mariners in the 46th round. Played in the Mariners organization for three years, traded to the Texas organization, and played the Texas organization for uh, two and a half years. Okay, and how'd you get into uh, coaching college ball? Uh, the way I got into coaching college ball was I had a guy who was our assistant coach at TCU who got the head coaching job here at SFA and called me to try to do uh, some assistant coaching here in charge of catchers and and to help with the hitting and help with the recruiting. And uh, took the job. He was here for four years. Uh, decided he wanted to move on. Moved on, and uh, I was fortunate enough that the athletic director at the time, Robert Hill, decided that I would be a good fit for the head coaching job. How long ago is that? So how long in total have you been at SFA? I've been in SFA for 13 years. Oh, man, that's really good. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, yeah, so I got you on the phone, and, and we want to start putting out some information for kids and parents and families and, sure. um, you know, try and help them out and whatever process we're talking about. Um, so, you know, the easiest one for us probably start off with high school kids. Um, you know, now we've got through the first big signing period. And, you know, some, a lot of kids are left on the board, 2019 kids, um, you know, looking for homes and things like that. Um, what would be some things that, 2019 kids can do to start, you know, putting themselves out there and looking for places that are still looking for kids and uh, just any advice you can give those families of kids. Sure, sure. The one thing that I tell all all, all parents and coaches is, uh, is that for the, for the recruit, I, I think the, the recruit needs to sit down with his family and, and kind of look at uh, three scenarios. I think you, you list three schools. You list your green school. You list the school that uh, that you feel like you can play at, uh, you know, that's a division one, possible Division one school or the highest level. And then I think you go to, okay, what is a, an alternate, which number three should be your alternate. In other words, how can I possibly get to the first two schools by going to a junior college or something like that? So I tell people to make that list, you know, and then uh, with that list, then go through the process of reaching out to those specific schools and their coaching programs to see if there might be some interest. More times than not, most universities and schools are going to tell you, hey, we have a trial camp here, 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 these specific dates. I think it's important for you to introduce yourself, uh, prepare yourself for those events, and then go out there and try to do the best you can to, to show that coach that you're a viable Division One or whatever level of athlete that you're looking to become. Okay, makes sense. Um, so you're a guy that, that went through the junior college process route. Um, you know, what? there are some, maybe some parents or some players that may be a little confused as far as, like, how that specifically works or what the rules are, things like that. Um, but what are some of, like, the advantages you would say of, 
going for you know to try and make a junior college team versus a four year school. Um, yeah, what, what were some of the better things you experienced going that route? Yeah, I, I think there's two reasons why an individual goes to junior college. One, uh, if academically he's not eligible to participate at a higher level, then I definitely think that JUCO route's a, a good way to get academically healthy for 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 a student. You know, you're you're a BC student, uh, CD student, and I definitely think that JUCO route's going to be uh, an avenue for you to get academically ahead so you can make that jump to a Division One school, Division Two, and AI like that. So I think that's the, that, that's the first issue. The second issue is is if you are athletically uh, not where you would be a contributor right away at a Division One level. Um, I, I think that going to a junior college uh, allows you the time uh, to, you know, to to play, uh, lives of the reps, the game time, all that kind of stuff. I think, you know, if, if you're asking me if a kid is in a way and he, and he could come here in red shirt versus he could go to a junior college and play for two years, I would definitely send that kid to a junior college for two years because I think it's a, it, it's a viable avenue to get to the Division One level. The only issue that, that I would – and it's just an issue that, that needs to be addressed by the parents and, and the athletes themselves is to want the transcripts because uh, there are a lot of courses that the junior colleges uh, – that will uh, allow you to take uh, at that level that will not necessarily transfer to Division One school. I think it's important for for the athlete and the parent to make sure that, that they're watching the transcript and they don't have a lot of activity courses. All those activity courses that allow you to have a good GPA coming out of a junior college may not necessarily transfer and may not necessarily lead you to the path of getting to Division One. Now at the Division One level, you have to have a 2.5 GPA coming out of a school in your core classes. So you will take out all of your activity classes, all of your baseball classes, all of your weight training classes, all of your care and prevention of athlete classes. And they would take all of those classes and, and, and discard those and then take your GPA from the major courses of study, which would be English, math, history, science, those. Um, and then if your GPA is at 2.5 or better, then, of course, you would be eligible to go to the Division One route. So it's really important that people watch the, the transcript when they go to a JUCO. For me, that's upon the parent, that's upon the player, just to make sure that eventually they'll be able to move to that Division One or, or, or the levels that they're wanting to move to. Right. Okay. And that, that's kind of a good segue. You know, when, when I talk to parents, um, you know, you see a lot of kids that are, just looking for somebody to commit to, looking for a school to take them, looking for, you know, anywhere to go play. Um, but you kind of touched on some of the academic things and um, maybe you can expand on, you know, the thoughts that I share with my players and parents is that, hey, it's not all about, you know, what school wants me to play baseball. It's somewhere that has your major, you feel comfortable, you know, it's got to be a good fit, not only baseball-wise, but, you know, academic, campus life, things like that. Um, so that's a good segue into the other things besides baseball that, that if you can kind of speak on those things that come into play with making decisions on, you know, what to pursue, where to go, things like that. Yeah, what I, what we look at and what we try to tell athletes and their parents is we try to tell them, hey, you really need to go watch a team player practice. You know, uh, I think it's important for you to see campus life. I think it's important for you to walk around campus. I think it's important for you to – you know, see what the day-to-day operations look like uh, at the school that you're that you're planning on attending. But I think more importantly, I think it's important for you to watch that team 
player practice because I think there's certain dynamics there that need to be to be explored. You know, you need to know how the, the players interact with one another. You need to know how the coaches interact with the players. And you also need to know how the coaches interact with one another. Because what you don't want to do is you don't want to get into a situation where somebody walking around campus makes you feel all warm and fuzzy about the experience, and then you get between the white lines, and it's a whole different story. So we, we encourage all of our recruits to come watch this player practice because we want them to know exactly what goes on, how the communication takes place, and I think it's important for them to see that because that's how you're truly going to know whether or not it's the right place for you. I think money is, you know, is an issue that people put first and foremost when making a decision on when they're, where they're going to school. And I totally understand that. You know, my family made the same, same choice. You know, we, we had to find a school that was going to be, you know, uh, affordable for me to go to because we didn't have the resources to send me directly to a big division one school. And so, I had to go the JUCO route from the financial standpoint. I think that's important. I think I think to look at that, you know, it, it, it is a big factor. But I think if you're making that decision solely on that factor, you may be missing out on an opportunity where something could be better fit for you. Um, understanding that you only have four years to play college baseball, what you want to do is you don't want to become one of those guys who's hopping from school to school to school because then there's a situation where you're never going to be happy where you're at because you're always it's so much easier for you to transfer from one place to another. I think JUCO is a great idea. I think it's great for parents who are financially strapped and, and, and need their kids to maybe, you know, play a year or maybe two and then transfer. I think it's a good idea. But I think getting the overall experience on what a school can offer, what their major is, uh, I think that's imperative. I mean, if you go somewhere and, and, and they're, they're encouraging you to be in a major that is not necessarily the major that you're interested in, then I think it's I think you're, you're kind of spinning your wheels. And at some point, you're going to be disappointed in the decision you make. We tell our guys all the time, if, if we don't have your major, then this probably isn't the right fit for you, um, just just because you're not going to be healthy on the academic side of it. And in the grand scheme of things, not everybody gets to play professional baseball. You have to have something to fall back on, and you want to have a viable occupation to fall back on whenever you have to make that decision. Right, or something that at least they're interested in. So, you know, they got to go sure. where their major's at and things like that. 100%. Yes, 100%. Okay, um, I kind of wanted, you know, it's off season now. Most kids are done playing like select ball and things like that, especially the high school kids. Um, you know, and a big hot topic everybody's into is, you know, arm care and working out. And, um, so what are some general, like, I mean, we can't get into too many specifics on the phone, but what are some general, you know, arm care tips, workout things, some, you know, kind of things kids can do or, or focus on maybe, you know, in this off season time? Um, you know, with, with the concern now about arm, you know, pitching and pitch limits and things like that. Um, you know, what what's some ways kids can get ahead there um, during the off season? We when we talk arm care to our guys, we really talk arm care to our guys in twofold, uh, in, in two areas. And the first area is exactly what we just what you just talked about is the time right now where it's downtime, and 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 we think it's really important. To, to put the baseball down sometimes. I think we live in a day and age where kids feel like they're missing an opportunity if they don't play, you know, uh, January through, you know, uh, through August, you know, or even September now. Uh, and I, I just I just don't think that that's the right, the right recipe for, for a pitcher. And, and no matter what kind of arm care you do, you, your, your arm is only going to have a, a, a finite number of throws in it. That's true for everybody. And so what we, we encourage our guys to do is at some point, man, you have to put the ball down. You have to get to give your body the appropriate rest. 
you're not giving your body the appropriate rest, then you're really working in the negative. And we want to make sure that our guys understand from the very beginning there is going to be a time when we encourage them to do absolutely nothing. I think that's okay. I think that's okay from, from, from a physical standpoint, but I also think it's good from a mental standpoint because what you want guys to do is you want guys to miss the sport. Uh, it's, it's a grind, you know, and, and, and at times it can become a beatdown. If all you're doing is that specific sport over and over and over again, there becomes a, 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 an attitude of complacency, and we never want that with our guys. We want our guys to miss it for a little while. So we encourage them to take a little bit of time and give them a little break. And once they feel like they've given their arm enough break, then what we get into is we get into right now. In other words, what are they doing right now to prepare themselves for the spring? Each one of our pitchers is giving is given an individual plan and, and the way we do it here is, is we meet with our, with our pitchers and we meet with them individually and they help formulate a plan uh with our pitching coach because I don't think it's I think it's important for us to see what they feel their areas of need are. Uh you know, us as coaches we may say, hey, this guy really needs to gain some strength. He really needs to gain some out of on his fastball. And the guy may feel like, hey, I really need to work on my accuracy, my ability to throw strikes, those kind of things. So we have a very open dialogue with our pitchers before they hit the break about, hey, which, which is the way that you think we need to attack this the best for you to be the best pitcher you need to be? Once we do that, then we formulate a plan using weighted balls or bands or anything like that, depending upon specifically what they're trying to get out of it. Um, if it's a guy who's trying to get velocity, then of course we're going to use a lot of med ball stuff or which can be weighted ball stuff. And we're going to try to really work the core of the body and try to engage the lower half because we find that's where the power is located. The other thing is, if it's arm care, hey, I'm a little bit banged up, I was a little tender. Hey man, we really need to give you on the break, but we also need to get healthy. We back off of the weighted balls. We use a little bit lighter ball and we use a lot of band work stuff to really try to strengthen up the scapping, strengthen up the shoulder girdle, all that stuff so we can be in a better position to be able to throw over a long period of time. The last one would be, okay, I need to command. If we do command, then we use alternating weights of balls because it's a proven fact. If you can throw a weighted ball, a different weight of balls for a strike, then it helps your body find the correct arm cap. Once you do that, then you're in a position to where you're going to be a little more consistent with your mechanics. There's no such thing as a repeatable mechanic. You just can't do it. But you can get as close to as repeatable as possible. That helps you do that if you throw weight, different weights, uh, varying weights of balls. And so we, we formulate all three of those aspects into what we feel a specific pitcher needs to do. Um, and then we give them a, we're out for the month, which we have a lesson we've been in school for a month. So we give those guys a four-week plan that they're to follow over the break. Now, this is where it becomes kind of sticky is you putting a lot of onus and a lot of responsibility on that athlete to go and do what he needs to do over the break. The way we tell our guys is if it's important to you and you want to pitch at the next level and you want to be successful at this level, hey, man, you're going to follow this plan. If not, and you're only going to dip your toe in the water and do a little bit of it, what you can expect to get the results that you're going to get. Um, So we encourage our guys all the time to, one, get the rest, two, formulate a plan with our pitching coach that's specific to them, and three, follow that plan as strictly as possible so that you're ready to throw when you come back in the spring. Okay, sounds good. Um, you, you hit on something, too. You're pretty good at landing these segues at the end of our little sections here. Um, <laughs> you mentioned, you know, that the kids got to want to do it and be disciplined enough to do it over the break. Um, so so kind of talk, you know, going back to what we were talking about recruiting and things like that, um, you know, 
me personally seeing right now this time a lot of 2019 you know kids aren't getting offers aren't getting places to go they're not getting any interest um you know what what are there are some of those kids who maybe not, you know, to play at the next level, um, you know, they're not driven, they're not motivated. So at what point, you know, what are you guys looking for? What's that one thing kind of that in, we, we talk about intangibles, you know, things you can't coach. Um, what are some of those things that you guys are kind of looking for, and, you know, for, you know, when do you have that honest conversation that, hey, look, you know, you kind of haven't put in the work yet, you know, you're not really that motivated, maybe the next level is not for you, you know, how do you kind of, in the sense of, bad conversation to have but you know what are you guys looking for when do you have that conversation as a family as a, as a player you know with yourself like man you know, maybe I'm not you know my work ethic is not where it needs to be to get to the next level well I, I think that's the, the, for us I, I think you know for us to have that conversation with a guy um, the way we look at it is man it, it is a tough conversation it is a tough conversation anytime that you're telling your guy hey man you're just not cut out to be a division one guy that's it that's and I don't want ever anybody to think that, hey man, that's you know we're looking for ways to cut guys. That's never the issue. It's always an issue where you got to be honest with somebody. And I think that's what you kind of have to hang your hat on is, is you have to be honest with players. You have to let them know you know uh, where they stand. When you come to our program, we communicate with you throughout the course of the year where you where we think you are. Um, and, and so it's never a surprise when we put that list up or we have our end-of-year meetings with our guys and say, hey, man, this is where we think you're at, because we've already communicated that to them through the course of the year. Um, you know, if we have to have that conversation with a guy, we just try to be honest with him. We say, hey, man, listen, you can be a student and you can be a baseball player, but you can't be both here, you know, and, and so that kind of gives them an opportunity if they want to go somewhere. And we have done this. Hey, you're in a position where we think you're a junior college guy. We think you need to go out and go find your JUCO. We're going to help those guys find themselves somewhere to be because we always want guys who have an ability or who have a want to support. And the other thing is, if I'm talking to high school guys, and I'm talking to high school guys who potentially could be coming here or thinking about playing at the Division One level, the first thing I tell those guys is, first and foremost, take ownership of your recruitment. Getting emails from parents and, and, and text messages from parents phone calls from parents, that does not necessarily make me want to really recruit a guy because my first question is, at that point, you know, who's wanting to play? Is it, one, is it the, uh, the player that wants to play at the Division One level or is it the parent that wants to play at the Division One level? Now, I would expect my mom and dad to send an email to somebody and tell them how good I, how good I am as well. Hey, they're supposed to think that, we're, that I'm good. You know, I mean, if I got an email from a parent telling me how bad their kid was, you know, I would be concerned for that kid. You know, all parents are going to feel like, hey, this kid's the best. All all coaches that coach that kid are going to say, hey, we think this guy can play at the next level. I think it's important to you, for parents and athletes to have honest conversations on who really wants to play at the next level. I talked to a group the other night and said, you know, uh, you know, people say, well, if you want to bad enough, you can play at this level. And that's not necessarily the case. The the, the case is is you have to have the will to play at this at this level. But you have to uh, have to also ask yourself, what am I willing to sacrifice to play at this level? You know, some guys think you can put in the work and, and you don't have to ever have to sacrifice anything. You can still do all the things you want to do. You can still go on all the vacations you want to go on. You can still have all the fun you want to have. You can still do all the things that all your buddies are doing and, and stay up late and play video games and all these things that, that guys and, and, and athletes get to do nowadays. But you have to ask yourself, 
if I'm willing to play at the next level, if I'm wanting to play at the next level, what am I willing to sacrifice? And if you're not willing to sacrifice everything that you have other than your family, you know, your personal dignity and your and, and your religious beliefs, then yeah, then, then then you're probably not willing to play at this level. And so that's what we tell guys. And we tell guys, you know, have that honest conversation with your with your parents. Because sometimes, you know, parents foresee a future for their kids and the kids don't want any part of that. And I think that's important for parents to understand it. Hey, you need to know who wants to play at the next level. Do you want to play at the next level or do they? Because it becomes it becomes a grind. It becomes a job. And if those kids aren't, aren't into working hard for that and, and they don't have the fortitude or the personality to do that, then it's just going to be a fruitful chase. Okay, that's good. <laughs> pretty pretty straight cut, you know what I mean? Um, so the last thing I kind of want to you about, too, is, you know, little kids, I know you have a son, he kind of plays a little baseball here and there, does some other sports. Um, what what do you see, or I'm sure you talk to groups, has done some camps, things like that. What are your, kind of just your thoughts and, and your feelings on youth baseball and what, you know, youth kids are preparing for, middle school kids, elementary school kids, you know, what's, What's the core to take away with so much you know, tournament stuff and things out there now? Um, you know, what what do you kind of feel kids and, and families need to be worried about at such a young age, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12? I, I think the, the the thing that parents need to understand is I think it's I, I think it's upon every parent. I think it's their responsibility and my responsibility as a parent. And if I want my son to like the sport is to foster that love. I think – Anytime that you're sending a kid who is seven years old, six years old to play on a select team and travel all around the United States, I don't necessarily think that's the right recipe for success. Has it worked? Yeah, it's worked for some people. But but I just I honestly believe that you have to let kids be kids. Uh, I think you know starting the kids off too soon, then it becomes a grind. It becomes something that they're passionate about or, or, or something that they're joyful about. It's something that they have to do every weekend. So I think it's important for for parents to understand that, hey, you know, we can play a little bit of baseball, but let's just be a normal kid. Um, I think the, 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 the guys that we had in our experience who've played, you know, a numerous number of games at some point, you know, they get to a point where, where it's not fun. It's just something that they do. Um, I think the guys who have been, you know, played a little amount, you know, played different sports, I think it's important for guys to play different sports because some of the better athletes that we've had have been multi-sport athletes. You know, people say all the time, well, he's got to specialize. He's got to specialize. Listen, if you're specializing your seven, seven to 10 year old kid, you know, you're, then I don't think you're doing them a, a service. I think they need to play all the sports because there's something that you can learn from being, you know, smashed in the mouth on the football field that you can't necessarily learn on the baseball field. And there's something you can learn about being boxed out and trying to get a rebound, you know, on, on the basketball court that you can't necessarily learn on the baseball field. You know, there's something that you can learn from running down the soccer field and trying to make a tackle without fouling a guy that you can't learn at the baseball level. Um, I think any time that you specialize, you're, you're not letting your kid fully experience what it is to be an athlete. We can take athletes and we can make them baseball players, but it's hard to just take a guy who's just a straight baseball player and make him an athlete. It just doesn't happen that way. And so I think it's important for parents to understand that they, I really would like to see them play more sports, you know, and, and stop specializing in baseball. And I'd like to see those guys wait to their, you know, to their high school before they start traveling around because I don't, I don't think it's necessary. I, I'll, I'll tell you this, and I tell people this all the time. When we have recruits in here who are juniors and seniors, 
I don't think I, I know for a fact. I've never asked any of them, hey man, did you win a championship when you were seven, nine years old? You know, did you, were, were you, were, were you, you know, were you, uh, 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 you triple SA ring, ring wearer because y'all won the national championship? That doesn't necessarily mean or preclude them from being a champion. I think it's important that you experience all the sports, that you be a kid, that you have fun, and then that you go after it that way. Okay. Well, man, I, I appreciate the time. I'm sure you got stuff to do. And just want to thank you again for jumping on the phone with us and, and getting some information from these guys and hopefully clearing some things up. And uh, we'll catch you guys after the holidays for sure. You bet, man. Hey, if there's anything we can do for you here at Stephen F., let us know. All right, Coach. Happy holidays, and we'll talk to you soon. Same to you, brother. Happy holidays. All right, bye. All right, can you hear me, Coach? Yeah, I'm good. All right, Coach. Um, well, if you want to introduce yourself, everybody, kind of give a little background, where you're from, what you're doing, you know, all that good stuff. Sure. My name's Scott Malone, uh, head baseball coach, Texas A&M Corpus Christi. About to start year 12 um, of being a head coach at Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Going back three years before this, recruiting coordinator, top assistant at UNLV, Nevada, Las Vegas. Two years before that, hitting coach at UT Arlington with Hunter Pence for two years. Kind of put me on the map and made me somebody. Two years before that, um, hitting coach UT San Antonio. Um, the year before that, volunteer coach at Kentucky. One before that, volunteer coach at TCU. So there's my my Division One ladder um, that I was able to climb over the years. Nice, man. Sounds sound like a grind. Um, so I guess your your big thing is hitting, clearly. Um, so we can kind of just jump into that. What what are some things you know at the at the high school level and kids you're looking for? Um, you know, kind of kind of hard to talk. You know, really talk about hitting uh, without being in front of you know with you. But what are some general things that you're looking for in your hitters? And, um, you know, things that kids can work on right now in the off season while they're, you know, getting lots of cage time, hopefully. Um, you know, sure. what, what are some typical things you see in high school kids that they need to improve on from their hitting perspective? I'm almost going to go good news, bad news. You know, when when you ask me what am I looking for, well, the bad news is I'm, a lot of the things I'm looking for, to some degree, beyond their control. Size, strength, physical maturity, um, you know, you want that big, tall, strong, good-looking guy um, that's, that's got strength in his core, that can run a little bit. Um, you know, now I say that. Um, you know, obviously I would tell any kid, man, you want to get better, especially in the off season. starts in the weight room. You know, you want your arms stronger. You want your swing better. You want to play better defense. starts in the weight room. So I think that's a great jumping-off point. Um you know, kids, kids need to be out. They need to be running. They need to be lifting weights. They need to be doing all the things to make them a more physical player. Now, good news, and I want some guys to drive the ball in the middle, get in the cage, live in the cage in the off season. but I don't need you to get in there and pull, pull, pull. I want guys that can hit the ball in the back of the cage, guys that can take that, that BP pitcher and, Kind of make sure that guy's staying behind the screen. Drive that ball back through the middle. You know, I'm looking for guys that have a good approach. 
when they go to work and guys that can stay strong on the backside and, and kind of, for lack of a better word, let their barrel work through the middle of the field. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, you know, while we're talking about hitting, I see a lot of people, especially like on Instagram, social media type stuff, everybody's real big on the, the exit velos, you know, and uh, stuff like that. What, What's kind of your take when a kid, you know, sending you info or his showcase coach is like, hey, man, this kid's got an exit below of, you know, so much, and, you know, does it really get you going? Or is this one of those things? Like, oh, okay, well, that's nice, you know. Or um, where do those, some of those stats start to come into play? Uh, maybe not just hitting-wise, but, you know, all the other measurables and variables that kids are doing at these showcases and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I think speed's the one you can't teach. Um. So when you talk about measurables, numbers that jump at me off a website, off an email, a text message from a coach, um, you know, your generals, your your 60-yard dash, um, and obviously some of your arm strength stuff. And, you know, as much as on one hand we all want to say on pitchers, we don't live and die on the radar gun, but, you know, the harder you throw, the more room you have for mistakes, the more ability you have to create deception. So there is something that goes into that. At the same time, those numbers, those measurables, I mean, you need to play or you can't, you know, and um, those numbers, those measurables, don't talk about the intangibles. Don't talk. I'm so big right now in the, in the kids that are good at life. You know, there's no chart for that. Um Maybe there is. Maybe your grades. You know, I'm I'm so big right now in kids that are good at life, um, kids that want to overachieve, kids that want to work, um, kids that have attention to detail. You know, those are the things that are hard to measure that a lot of times you don't know until you're around them for a month, for two months, for a semester. You know, is this guy good at life? And, you know, I got kids of my own. I'm, I'm doing things for them all the time. But I'm also looking at the college level of kids that are somewhat self-sufficient, kids that know how to study, kids that know how to organize and prepare to write a paper, how to organize and prepare to take a test, Um, the importance of coming to the field early, staying at the field late, kids that are prepared to be good at life. Okay. Well, well, it's a good segue then, so we're kind of jumping into the recruiting stuff a little bit. Um, You know, it's it's wintertime. 2019s for I'm sure you guys are pretty much wrapped up and a lot of these junior colleges are wrapping up. So what would be some advice when you talk about intangibles and, you know, the general stuff everyone's looking for, but what kind of specific advice would you give to 2019 kids who are, you know, really truly looking for a spot? Maybe they fell through the cracks and just didn't get placed and have somebody working for them. Um, You know, what are some things they can do to start putting themselves out there um, and maybe even showing off those intangibles, you know, those things that really put them over the top with all the other videos and emails and calls you get. You know, this time of year, I'm taking ownership of where I am. I'm taking ownership of what my strengths are on the field, what my weaknesses are on the field. Um, you know, high school practice is gonna gonna really hit it late January, Feb one. I've got those dates circled on my calendar. And, you know, if I'm a high school player, I've got 40 days, um, 40 days to get stronger, 40 days to become a better runner, 40 days to get my arm in great shape. And 
that's what I'm doing to, you know, and you might say, well, wait a minute, Coach, we're talking about recruiting and getting on the radar. You're right. And to me, what you can control in the next 40 days, how good are you going to be in February? How good are you going to be March 1? You know, what kind of shape is your body going to be in April 1 when you're getting into the the meat and potatoes of the high school season? Maybe some guys are starting to, to, to back off and I've thrown a lot of innings. How are you preparing yourself right now for those benchmarks for February 1 practice, March 1 tournaments, April 1 district play? Um, that's what I'm doing. If I'm a high school kid, I'm controlling the things I can control. I'm getting ready to have the best season of, of my life. Two, um, you know, what am I doing this time of year? Probably a ton of emails, maybe some phone calls, um, introducing myself. Coach, my name's Bobby Smith. I'm at Houston Memorial High School. I'm a 2019 left-handed pitcher. Um, you know, my number one goal is to play college baseball. I want to put my name on your radar. Here's my basic resume. Uh, summer fall coaches that know me. Maybe guys I do lessons or work out with. Um, my high school coaches information and, and some basic stuff. You know, where my fastball is, what my 60 time is, you know, just some basic info to introduce myself, try and get on try and get on those guys' radar. And any good college coach that's going to do his homework is going to reach out to the high school coach, the travel ball coach. Hey, I got an email from Bobby. Break this kid down for me a little bit. What are his strengths? What are his weaknesses? Okay. Um, <clears throat> another segue before going into that, you know, I know you guys do some, you're, you and your coaches do some stuff for me and other places. Young know, always around Texas during the summer and recruiting pretty heavy. Um, what what are kind of some of the things that you see just general, you know, good, bad, indifferent um, in the landscape of the showcase world today? You know, maybe how it's changed, how it's different from a few years ago, which, you know, just your general thoughts on that stuff. You know, it's gotten convenient. Um, this is what time we play. This is what time we hit in this cage. These are the two or three innings you're going to throw this day, and that's great. But be careful with convenience. Um, there's also a part, you know, one of the intangibles being on team. One of the intangibles is working well with others. Um, you know, I need winners. The old Mike Singletary 49ers, I need winners. Well, I do. I mean, that's a huge thing. I, I don't, I don't, nobody walks around. He didn't say he needed showcase guys. You know, he didn't say, <clears throat> I need good camp guys. No, man, I need winners, you know, and, there's something to be said for being on a team. There's something to be said for, hey, man, it's your day. You're not pitching today. We need you to chase foul balls. We need you to coach first base. Well, I, I don't know if that makes the guy a better right-handed pitcher. It makes him a better teammate. It humbles him. It teaches him how to win, teaches him how to root for other guys, and, and makes that guy a winner. And that's a huge part that I think we're missing a little bit. Um in the convenience of travel ball, of, you know, some camps, some mini workouts. It's great. It's convenient. It's set up well. You're in, you're out. It's fast food. Hey, sometimes we need a little bit more than that. You know, I need a little bit extra. 
I need a kid who wants to work. I need a kid who wants to be at the park all day. And that's, that's not easy, but you know, that's part of what we're looking for. So, you know, I, I would encourage kids to continue to take pride in everything and how they practice. I want a, I want one of my recruits, high school coach to call me coach, forget the wins, forget the doubles, forget the RBIs. What am I going to do without this guy at practice? He runs practice. He runs team stretch. You know, any, you know, those are the things I want. I want in my kids. I want leaders. I want kids that want to be out there. Okay. Um, so while we're still talking about kind of about that stuff, we can kind of segue into, uh, <clears throat> the little kids. You know, I know you got a couple girls and they play soccer and different, you know, sports and you've done some little kid things for me. Um, you know, what, what are some things that, you know, you would like to express as far as how young guys, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12 need to be, you know, coming up and doing things and, you know, just not specifics, but kind of a general, you know, uh, few rules to go by, you know, when they're getting on teams and playing tournaments, doing all this other stuff. Um, you know, to me, if you're not in middle school, <laughs> junior high, what we're looking for is fun. Man, mom, that was great. That workout was fun. That game was fun. When do we play again? You know, hey, I just went and did a hitting lesson with Maddie. Hey, when's my next one? When do I get to go hit again? That was super fun. That's what I'm looking for with my nine-year-old daughter, my five-year-old daughter. It doesn't matter what sport we play. You know, down here we play kickball. Um, whether we're playing volleyball, softball, basketball, soccer, are we having fun? Are we excited to go to practice? Are we anxious for when the next game is? And, and don't get me wrong. I tell my kids, my college guys, this, I want to have fun. Life's short if we're not having fun. There's only one way to have fun. That's win. It's always fun when you win it. Nobody loves losing. So, so I get it. Um, you know, we got to. We got to go out. We got to win. We got to be successful. Um, but again, man, there's more to it than that. We need to be having fun. If, if it feels like a job, if it feels like a chore for your eight year old, then we need to do something else. We need to go ride a skateboard. You know, we, we need to go find something else to do. Go, go play an instrument. Um, cause to me, I don't think it becomes really work until, you know, closer to middle school, trying to figure out, is there a sport I can really excel at? Do I need to fine-tune my skills at this sport or that sport? To me, that's that's more in when you're becoming a teenager, in my opinion. Okay. Well, yeah, Coach, um, I'll, I'll let you go. I just wanted to get on the phone with you and get some of your thoughts and some of the stuff, and, you know, we just start putting it out there and hopefully help a lot of players, a lot of families, you know, be, be better and get, get the most out of this baseball thing we like to do. Um, sure. So I, I, and, and I would leave you with this, Maddie. I, you know, for the people that listen to this, people you come in contact with, I always, you know, they're the consumer. What do you want? What do you want to know more about? Reach out to Maddie. Maddie, next time you talk to one of those college guys, hey, what's A, B, and C? Can you get them to talk more about you know, D and E and F. And um, I think what you're doing is outstanding, a way to give the people what they want, but something for people to click on in the car, sitting at home, 15, 20 minutes of getting a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I would make sure the lines of communication are open. And, 
you know, what do we need to be doing? What do we need to be talking about? I appreciate you doing this, Maddie. Thanks for having me. All right, Coach. I'll talk to you soon. Merry Christmas, and uh, we'll see you in January. You got it, Maddie. Thanks, bud. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.